On this episode of the podcast, JR chats with Object Sharp Agile coaches Diane, Matt, and Ryan about some of the tools and team traditions that they are seeing helping teams to work effective remotely. Plus, Diane, Matt, and Ryan share some of their personal shifts that could make a difference when working on a remote team. Welcome to the Object Sharp Podcast. Today I have with me Matt Wilkes and Ryan and Diane. Say hello, everybody. Hello. Well, let's, uh, why don't we start off by doing a little bit of an intro, just go around. Um, I think this is actually the first time that you guys are on the Object Sharp Podcast. Oh no, Diane's been on before, um, but the other ones, no. So why don't we go around this way? We'll start with you, Matt, and we'll go to Ryan, and then we'll go to Diane, just to tell everyone who you are, what you do at Object Sharp, and now we'll go from there. Sure. Hey, uh, Matt, first time podcaster with Object Sharp. Welcome. Uh, yeah, I like to say I'm a recovered waterfall BA, uh, but now agile coach. Uh, I work a lot with teams and product owners. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, guys. Uh, Ryan Gonzalez. I am uh, an agile coach with Object Sharp. Um, same as Matt, I work with. Um, uh, POs and scrum masters and DevOps engineers to get them building better teams. Very cool. And our returning guest, Diane. Hey there, everybody. Uh, I'm Diane Dale. I'm also an agile coach with Object Sharp. Uh, lots of technical background, but the last uh, almost 10 years, I've been focusing on making teams good. So uh, helping out teams and leadership teams uh, with the agile coaching. Very cool. And for those of you guys who don't know me, I'm Jonathan. I happen to also be one of the coaches uh, at Object Sharp. Um, very much so working in the Agile space as well, and also focusing on a little bit of leadership in doing Agile, uh, helping organizations change the way they work um, and you know do really cool things. And the conversation that we're going to have today is all about remote working or working in this day and age because, hey, it's different than what we're used to. And especially for all of us here who, for the longest time, worked so hard to get teams to be co-located together, you know, working together in the same space at the same time. It's almost like now we're going the other way because, hey, we have no choice. But at the same time, um, you know, we were kind of talking the, the four of us about how are we making the best of it? And what are some of the tips and tricks and um, kind of what you see as working different or what is working better? So we thought, hey, why don't we bring you guys into the fold, kind of share with you some of the things that uh, we're seeing and we're doing with teams. And uh, maybe after you hear us, maybe you can take some of these ideas back to your teams or better yet, even let us know what you guys are doing that's working uh, well and that we can share with others. So. Where do we even start this conversation? Like so much is different. True. I mean, I think uh, maybe we can start with what is a remote team. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that a bit. You brought it up. So why don't you kick us off now? What to you is a remote team? Uh, to me, I think a remote team is uh, any group of people working with a common goal where at least one or more people are not in the same space, not in the same place, um, whether that's not in the same office location, not in the same country, they're dislocated in, in some way or another. Cool. What do you guys think, Dan, Ryan? 
Uh, yeah, to sort of Matt's comment, uh, you know, it's, it's taking what you said earlier where we were previously co-located and sort of flipping it on its head, but we're still a team. So we still, we'll, we still need to be joined somehow. Um, so it's that, um, it's that group of characters that is virtually holding hands, uh, trying to bring something across the finish line. I love that group of characters. <laughs> Diane, now you're going to top that one. <laughs> I can't. I think that's a perfect description. And I think it's, it's all about the behaviors that you used to have sitting in a room together, now trying to figure out how do we replace that remotely? So how do we do that when we're not in the same place together? I think there's a future to that, right? Because even if we go back uh, to work, I don't know that it'll ever be the same. I think there's a lot more appetite now for allowing remote work because we figured out how to how to make it just as effective. So I think there's going to be a lot of hybrid teams in the future. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I think when when we're I don't know, I kind of think about it this way when when we have all of these um, remote teams now. A lot of what we're doing as coaches and, and what we're doing to help teams kind of centers around, um, and, and you guys, like, by all means, add uh, if you think I've missed anything, but I kind of think about it in terms of three different areas. The first is really like the, the tools and the technology that, that we use and, and how we facilitate and enable remote working. Um, the other one is kind of like thinking about traditions, right? And the traditions of the old and coming into the new and what that means and, and how we can help there. And then probably when you wrap all of those things up, you have your technology, you have the traditions that, um, you know, the team members are used to doing. You kind of have the, the overall and arching theme of, of people and, and process and, and how that all comes together. So um, where should we start? I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe let's start with tools like go super practical um and just kind of start from there so what do you guys think is like what are some of the tools that you guys are using today um why do you choose to use those ones versus other ones because obviously i mean there's no shortage of tools out there um and what are you seeing work really well um i can start that if you want there's actually a tool both matt and i love it we work with it a lot it's uh called miro so for me, it's not necessarily the name of the tool or whatever, but it's what it does. And for me, that tool, it's a, if nobody's used it yet, it's a whiteboarding tool, but that it, ha it basically replaces that big virtual whiteboard with stickies on it, but so much more. And to me, what it is that it does is it enables conversation. Mm -hmm. It enables us to be, it's like we're standing next to the chalkboard and we're all drawing on the same thing. We're doing the tools. It facilitates that conversation and deep dives and directions. And it's, I mean, it's, it's limitless. It's endless. It's almost like an infinite whiteboard. So it's 10 times better. And even more so, I think when I go back to the office, I still want to use it because guess what? You don't have to take pictures of the whiteboards and then file transcribe them to notes you can just keep them which mm -hmm. is really fantastic so that's one of the big ones that i've caught on to there's some consultants that we work with that uh, showed us some amazing techniques at using it lots of templates lots of everything but i just love that one and if yeah. any of you guys know um or have worked with diane you would know she used to be a big big sticky notes Fan, like everywhere, if you went by walking around the office and, you know, there was a wall full of stickies, it's kind of like, well, yeah, we know Diane's been here. <laughs> but like, as coaches, that, that box of stickies 
that was our, you know, our tool. That was our go-to, right? And going remotely, that tool is now taken away. So it, it was, you know, Miro sort of helps fill that gap. Um, and then some, like Diane said, you don't need to take the pictures. You can revisit those, uh, that sticky board, that collaboration board whenever you need to. And a lot more environmentally friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I do have to say though, I have my little uh, my little box over here of uh, you know beside me of you know my my cool kid, and every time I look around, I'm like, oh, the days of old. <laughs> my desk is still littered with stickies, so. Yeah, I used to have a shoe box I carried around with like all those supplies. Yes, yeah, so now it's in the <laughs> corner with dust. Now, Ryan, I heard you say mural, and I think um, from from Diane, you said Miro, right? But those yes. are two two very similar tools, right? Uh, um, I, I think I said Miro. Oh, okay. Well, either way, they are very similar tools. Um, so anyway, if that's not the case, by the way, as a side note, that one works too. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think I was talking about the same tool Diane was talking about. Got it. Yeah, there's those two. And there are some others too. Those seem to be, you know, like some of the most popular um, and more advanced and just most complete tools because they can just really recreate everything you would do in an office environment. It's so flexible. Mm-hmm. I think what I, uh, what I enjoyed doing actually as when, when the four of us were working on, on thinking about ideas for this particular episode, in fact, Matt kind of came in there and be like, guys, you know, like, why don't we just use you know, the kind of the tools that we talk about to, to even facilitate this conversation. What was really cool about it was um, not only were we all in the same kind of spot and you can see each other's mouse moving and stuff like that, it actually had everything that you were used to using before, right? It even looks like stickies and then the dot voting and stuff like that. So um, I actually felt like I was in the room with the three of you guys. Um, and even though we're like kilometers away from each other, mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool. Um, what else? What other what other tools are you guys really finding working well? So for me, the big one is Teams. Um, so again, uh, pre-COVID, we're all sitting beside each other, and if I need to have a conversation, it was I'd lean over and have a discussion with someone. We can't do that anymore. So uh, for me, Teams is our new co-location. It's that it gives us the ability to sort of communicate with each other. Um, you know, but it's not just communication, it's sharing files, uh, it's being alerted. Uh, you know, when I was in the office working with JR, you would go in his workspace and it was just a work of art. There, there were visual indicators all over the place. And um, you, you want to try and recreate that experiment, experience remotely. So, uh, you know, we've done things in teams where um, we have daily indicators of how test plans are going, uh, what releases are occurring. Uh, I built something recently where we were trying to share the, um, the uh, facilitating of a stand-up, a daily stand-up. So we had this a stand-up randomizer where it would pick someone from the team that would run the stand-up that particular That's day. That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, it's for, uh, for us teams has been integral and in, uh, keeping us connected and making remote work work. Would it be cheesy if I said it, it's been instrumental to help you become a better team? Teams is helping you be a better team? Would be cheesy. That's perfect. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. 
Um, and, and what I love about it too. So since Diane and, and Matt got to piggyback on each other's tools, I'm going to piggyback on Ryan. Um, I actually use teams a lot with my teams as well. Uh, what I'm finding other than your usual kind of like, um, you know, your, the channels and the threads and all that kind of stuff, we actually have, so I don't know if you guys do this, but we have, um, effectively almost like a team talk going where when you just have like a random thought, you just kind of put it out there. So not in a channel, not, you know, on a particular topic. It's just like, it's a running stream of consciousness of the team kind of there. I have it pinned to the top of my, on my chat list. And every once in a while, someone will just throw in a, a comment or a picture, a meme of some sort. And it's kind of like, you know, you have that blinking and it's like, that was nice, you know, and then you go back to work, right? So, I mean, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not as much of a drive-by as it used to be when you're in the office, but it works. Yeah, I mean, one thing that these tools help with, they have visibility of work and stuff, but the visibility of conversations and information, you know, that the day-to-day of just overhearing a conversation or spurring something else happening, um, not being able to see that or hear that as much anymore as easily. So just getting used to getting in the habits of, you know, using these chat channels and asynchronous communication and just it helps everyone work a lot better. I do have to say though, um, and and then maybe this, maybe I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that I've actually found that um, what it does allow me to do kind of speaking of being in, in the new and, and kind of finding ways to work is where I actually had a challenge uh, in the office where someone would come in and just start talking, which is great. And I loved it from a, from a, you know, people perspective, communication perspective, but I found it so hard to get back to work afterwards, right. To get back on task and focus that. What I love about the fact that, um, I mean, at least from this perspective, when things have turned into tools is that I can have that chat going and it's like going on there, but I can also block it when I need to really like heads down on something and not be interrupted. And so that kind of um, the ability for me to be able to either mute the channel or mute a discussion so that I could just go is something that I, I'm finding the technology is really helping me a lot that I couldn't actually do in the office. Right. I know some people used to put like pylons on their desk and stuff like that, but I, that always kind of made me feel silly. Right. Or the earphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's an acceptable way to do the same thing. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's very good. The other thing that I like is, uh, is a couple of things. One is you can get a hold of people like you don't have to go looking. Are they in this meeting room or this? Meeting room? I just need this one quick thing. Do you want me to you know, wh- what do you want me to put on the front page before I send it? And now it's like a lot of your impediments aren't blocked because everybody's at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's the reverse side of that. And I think we'll talk about that in a minute, which is, you know, also about being very careful about not expecting everybody to be there at every minute of every day. Right. So there's there's about barriers of how do you set that up for yourself and how do you protect yourself. But I love that it's a lot more in your control now. But I also like the, the seamless integration of the collaboration tools like 
again, with, with teams, I mean, we can pop into a, a deck together or a Word document or whatever and start working on it together. So if we're trying to get a, a deck finished or we're trying to get something, we can just jump into the artifact together and be editing it together while we're talking or while we're on video even. And it's just being able to have something in front of you and have a dialogue at the same time. It's just wait. Fantastic. So you mean you mean you're you're not missing the let's uh, let's try to book a meeting room and then not be able to find a meeting room or when you do get into the meeting room to spend the first ten minutes of your half hour meeting trying to get the technology to work and and be able to share a screen. Or I'll start working on this Word document and email it to you, and then you email me a different <laughs> Wait, you have the wrong version. <laughs> yeah, like that's crazy though. And, and you think that like that's what that's what we did, right? And now all of these things are just kind of subs like here's the URL, boom, done. And we're all looking at the same thing and sharing the same screen and co-creating. How okay, let me ask you this actually. How has co-creation gotten easier for you guys and your teams? Mm. Like, let's forget collaboration. What about co-creation when you're, when you're like literally doing something together at the same time? How's that gotten easier for you? I, I think it depends on the thing. Um, so, you know, if we think about Miro and working on boards together, designs, uh, that type of tool supports it. Um, when we're thinking about, you know, pair programming or swarm programming, we're still in this space where it's, you know, you guys watch me type at the keyboard. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any other creative ways of sort of sharing code and making it such that we can work on it at the same time. I haven't seen that. Uh, it would be cool. Sounds like the next step. <laughs> That'd be a great feature. Hey, what about um, managing work? And like backlogs and stuff like that. How is that? Uh, how's that changed for you guys? And and what are you what are you seeing working really well? For me, I think it's again anything that helps you visualize the work. So while we were in the office, we loved having if we used you know Jira or use Teams or use Azure DevOps or like what you know whatever you're using for your planning of your activities or showing up your work, tasking things out, your backlog with the user stories. There's a lot of other great tools. I've used both Stories on Board and Feature Map which integrate with a lot of those Azure DevOps tools or Jira tools where you can visualize, you can do story mapping. So story mapping is a great technique that we'd like to use to visualize backlogs and create that story of the features that we're creating or the epics that we're delivering. Anything that can help you visualize that and other people can, can get the story as well and see the story and again, contribute to that story. Uh, really great tools around that. Yeah, so for me, early COVID, um, okay, we're all remote now. We, 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 had, we had this way of working together. So, you know, if you're doing Scrum, you have these ceremonies that you need to, to work through. And, uh, you know, how, how are we going to rethink retros? It's funny, we've been doing it for months now where it's, okay, yeah, you just find a tool to help you facilitate that retro. Uh, how are we going to do, how are we going to size our work together? When we were in the office, we would either use cards or we'd use fingers. Uh, so early COVID, it was finding those tools to help us support those ceremonies remotely. Uh, for me, the two big ones are just add-ons to Azure DevOps. So there's a retrospectives tool um, that has a number of, um, well, allows you to customize a retro board to conduct your retro. And then they have a, an estimates uh, add-on, which allows you to select a number of work items for your board, bring it into an estimation session, and then you have... Uh, 
cards that people can tick, uh, pick and then you can reveal their uh, estimates. Um, so like Diane said, uh, going back into the office, I, I, I think I might just keep using these tools because <laughs> they make it so easy to facilitate. And then when this all happened too, I mean, the first thing we were doing, like you said, is like scavenger hunting for the tools just to make it happen. And, you know, personally, I was looking for like the free stuff, like what can I get working right now? And there were some cool ones. I think it's a good opportunity too for businesses. They're taking these things that are free and now the popularity is just, you know, skyrocketed too. Actually, it's funny. Um, I was looking for um, a new retro format yesterday. Oh, two days ago. And uh, so Fun Retrospectives is a, a website you can go to that has a slew of uh, different retro formats. And what's awesome now is they've included a section at the bottom of each of them for remote teams. So if you're, if you're running this remotely, here are some ideas that uh, will help you facilitate. And I thought that was really cool. So it's not just a tool, but it, here are some ideas to help you uh, with uh, that particular retro format. Well, the uh, tool, tool I've been using for retros is called Retro. R-E-E-T-R-O. It's free and essentially boards. You create a board. It's all board based, uh, different types of, you know, retro styles. Did well next time, you know, uh, lean coffee, any pick your poison and you just go. And the good thing about these tools and I think what stands out as being effective is that everyone can get in there and be hands on. It's not like one person showing and everyone else talking. It's everyone getting involved and participating. So we've been talking a lot about tools so far, right? And and also how we're using our, you know, the things that we were used to doing before and, and not doing it in new tools. So kind of makes sense to then switch over to the uh, the other area that I had uh, mentioned before, which is about all about traditions and how we're taking those, um, you know, Ryan, I heard you say many times, the ceremonies or different things that uh, we were used to doing, like traditions, if you will, of being part of a team. Um, and now having to kind of put them together in, in a new way to support that teeniness in an environment where we're not together. So um, what comes to mind when we do that? Like what you, for, for you guys, like what are some of the tra traditions that you had that you're continuing on in new ways? Uh, so um, for me, my favorite tradition uh, when we're on site is going for lunch. Now you guys know I'm always <laughs> for going out for lunch every day. Hey, Jerry, want to go for lunch? Um, Ryan, I have like some work to do. Hey, you want to go out for lunch? Oh no, I have this meeting. I was like, oh, how many times can you say no to Ryan? <laughs> no, because I didn't want to go out to lunch with you. <laughs> you just always booked. So what what I end up doing with my teams is sprintly. So every sprint, we'll pick a day where it's we go for lunch and. Um, uh, COVID, we can't do that. So um, um, we went a while without having something set up. And then uh, one of the teams I was on, someone had had an idea. Uh, why don't we have a social? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that's an awesome idea. So we booked this thing uh, once a sprint. Um, in the meeting invite was bring your drink of choice. Um, and uh, that social took very many forms. We would play games. We would discuss things. Uh, we would just have fun. So uh, that's something that... Um, I, I like that we've done that uh, I want to continue with my remote teams. Very yeah, cool. Great one. You were doing that through teams, like video calls and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We would have a, a teams meeting scheduled and uh, everyone would hop on, uh, discovered some awesome games. Cool. 
might want to jump in there. To add to that, uh, it's adding to that connection, right? Like keeping your personal connections up, not just at a team level, but on a personal front. And I find now, like before you could, you know, run into each other, the water cooler in the hallway, you could stop, hey, how was that thing you did yesterday? Or how, how's your dog? <laughs> how's you? But now it's like, you have to be intentional about those conversations. And I think it's about giving yourself the confidence to just call someone, like just ping them or just say, hey, do you mind if we do a video call or book someone for a coffee, you know, just to keep up the personal connections or what I notice, we notice this a lot as a coach, but even as an individual team member, if you're in a meeting and you notice that someone's really quiet or you notice that they've gone off camera for a while or whatever, there's nothing wrong with checking in with them. And I find I do that a lot. Like we're so used to observing body language and seeing how people are getting along. And now I'm paying so much attention to that in the meeting but I'm making sure that I'm following up people and say, hey, I noticed this, or is everything okay? Are you, you know, are, you know, is there something I could help you out with? Were you confused about that? You know, there's, and, and even just friendly conversation, like making time for that stuff and, and, you know, being proactive and being friendly. And especially when new people are onboarded, because mm -hmm. you know everybody, you know everybody that's in your meetings, but now we're starting to hire people mid COVID they don't know any, they don't know our culture. They don't know what our office looks like. They don't know anything about, you know, how people's norms, social norms are. So it's about making those intentional ceremonies and uh, of, you know, calling them out and saying, hey, you just started last week. What are you thinking so far? You know, have you been, have people been staying in touch with you? You know, and, and maybe walking them through that and being extra friendly. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Um, uh, on site, uh, one on ones uh, were important. Um, you know, I'll, I'll maybe a friendly one on one with the team members to see how things are going, uh, give them the opportunity to talk. Uh, and remotely, I think they're even more important is, you know, let's check in every sprint. Um, how are things going? Is there anything I can help you with, et cetera, et cetera? For me, along the same lines of what we've been talking about a bit, I mean, the tradition of relationship building, the tradition of getting to know one, one another uh, the same ways. You know, for me, uh, I've been trying to uh, use icebreakers more often um, for meetings. Like, you know, we come to a meeting, it's, it's hey, you know, did you have a good weekend? And, uh, you know, right to the work a lot of the times. But um, that's a great opportunity just to schmooze and to play a quick game, uh, have fun, get to know each other. Cause you know, we're, you know, sometimes we're new teams working together. Sometimes there's new people or we've been together for a long time. And it's just, we're trying to get to know each other a lot better so we can work together more, more effectively. So, you know, just having like a, a, a toolbox of icebreakers or energizers you can go to anytime. Uh, because, you know, the other situation is, you're in a meeting and you've been in a meeting for a long time because we're all online in meetings and you need to kind of like pump people up or take a break. Right. So just going to an icebreaker to, you know, you know, freshen up a bit. So some things for me, I've been doing, um, what the, like a show and tell, right. Hey, what's on your desk. You want to show and tell or <laughs> noises, right. Noises happening all the time in your house, right. Hey, what's that noise game. Mm -hmm. You can do something like that mm -hmm. or a one word, you know, what's one word that describes 
I don't know, your weekend, your favorite food, quick, quick things to go to just to get people talking and uh, back to being about people. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a team I'm coaching right now is um, a team that's primarily co-ops and they started in COVID. So we like we haven't met. Um, so those icebreakers are super important to help us get to know each other. So I did one this week. Um, it's called Fun Facts. And I got it from that fun retrospective site where it's, okay, post something that someone wouldn't know about you. And then we have to go through each of those items to guess who that fact belongs to. Super fun. And I love the fact that you guys are making time for that in your meetings or time for that in between meetings or time for that period, right? Like I, I'm, I've ever since all this started, it's like, again, that, the whole remote thing, nobody's commuting. It's like, hey, let's work some more. And I'm just like, well, no, wait a second. Why, why not repurpose that time and use that for connection or use that for uh, like a virtual commute, but we can commute together. Um, I've done that actually a couple of times where, you know, rather than having um, just a, a random coffee during the day when, yeah, okay, I get it. It's hard to get people's time. But what if we carpooled to work together, right? And did a virtual, um, a virtual commute and then you kind of just, chit chat there and you don't kind of you don't feel the pressures of um having to get it in the day because the day hasn't started yet right so it's literally like driving with uh with a colleague to work and i've been finding those um fun or driving back driving you know i'm doing it in the airport (laughs) driving back home um and just having someone on with you and and it's actually even a great opportunity maybe you don't want to do video anymore because you've been on video all day so no problem. It's like you're in the car, you're driving, you have someone on the phone. Either way, you're still communicating whether you can see someone or whether you can hear someone. I think it goes back to Dan, what you were saying about that intentionality of, of a connection. Yeah, and I think it's okay now. Well, it's, I definitely know it's okay now for people to be more obvious about what's going on. Like if they're like, you know what, I've just been on Zoom calls or Teams calls for the last five hours. Like I'm done. I'm I'm burnt out. I need to go off camera for a while. Or hey, are you okay if we just do a chat? Or it's okay to be overt about what's going on instead of just avoiding the situation or whatever. Just say it. Just like you know what, my kids in the background, my dogs like stuck outside. The the you know furnace guy is on his way upstairs. You know, we have to accept now that there's other things going on in people's environments besides work. We always joke about it, right? It's, it, it's not, it's not, it's called, they call it living at work now. It's not, <laughs> and it's, it's, you kind of feel that way. So you have to allow people to have everything else um, happen. And it's okay to acknowledge that. I think to, you know, Matt's point about that, getting to know people too, it's like, oh, hey, you know, what's your dog's name? <laughs> Invite him up. You know, or people's, the number of people's cats I've met, you know, who probably- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a lot of what we're talking about here is all external. But one of the things that I, I'm kind of picking up from you guys is that as much as there is, um, you know, again, technology and, and, and things that we can do with other people to help remote work, what about when we look internal? Right, like to yourself and kind of being like, okay, so what, what habits or what, um, you know, traits are you picking up on for yourselves or others that are kind of really important to make remote working work, right? And like, um, you know, kind of really, uh, you know, mindset or 
anything like what what goes on in the inside that we kind of should uh, uh, pay a little bit more attention to? You know, the the emotion, the emotional side effects of non face to face conversations, like the inability to see people when you're talking and communicating is um, it can be really difficult, right? We're doing this podcast right now, but we're still on camera. Uh, and it's really helpful because I can read your faces uh, when we're talking. I can see what's going on. And, you know, I think one of the hard things personally for me, like being remote has been trying to understand what's going on in people's minds, how they're feeling, uh, how they're receiving something I'm, I'm saying, what people are assuming, what I'm assuming in conversations. It That's a really hard part. And so I've been really trying to just be comfortable just getting on a face-to-face video call, even if it's a minute or two, just to talk about something quick, um, if it's important enough, uh, versus, you know, a quick chat where, you know, we could, there could be a misunderstanding in some way or another. Um, And it just, I think, alleviates a lot of miscommunication, just being able to maintain that face-to-face communication as much as possible. Hmm. One thing for me I found uh, was the figuring out your day-to-day schedule. Like it's different now. Like I may get up at, you know, six or seven in the morning and hop on and start doing emails for an hour because it's quiet and then go have breakfast. And then, you know, maybe at lunch, I go run an errand. What I had to shift was before you go into the office and you leave the office. So while you're at the office, you're working. So you're working nine to five, whatever, or whatever, (laughs) never (laughs) <laughs> when was the last time you worked nine to five, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> but now what I do, and this is something actually a couple of months ago I switched to, and I love it. Now I'm more of what I call objective-based or outcome-based. So in the morning, I kind of gather my thoughts and I go, okay, what are the three things I want to accomplish today? And then allow myself the flexibility to move my schedule around or do whatever I need to do, but just focus on those outcomes. So that, you know, if I happen to get up at six o'clock in the morning and work till 10 and then take a two hour break and then work for another, you know, whatever hours, that's okay. And again, as long as you're communicating that, right? And it's okay with your team and you're not disrupting any of your team efforts. But if it's something that you can get done individually, allowing yourself the flexibility, you know, get up, walk around, have more control over your own schedule. Yeah, so for me, um, I read something today and they got me remembering um, Shuhari. Uh, if you've read any Agile book, uh, you, you'll know that, you know, it's the, the stages of learning. And if I go back to, I guess it was March, you know, I'm like there's a reset. Okay, I'm Shu. Uh, how, how am I going to make this stuff work? I got a bunch of learning I got to figure out. And um, uh, I don't know if I'm at the Shuhari. I don't know if I'm at the restate. But, um, uh for me, where I've ended up um, is back where I started, honestly, when we were in the office and understanding that people are more important than process and tools. So um, it's, you know, uh, Diane said, like, your your spidey senses are so important as a coach to tune in what's going on in your meeting. So you can have, you know, those one-on-one discussions with people um, to sort of help support them within the team. Um so I think that's where I've ended up. Um, again, like people are more important than process and tools. And and for people, I think for me, I've had to step up my communication like a ton. 
Um, and not, not, I shouldn't even say communication, cueing, meaning that like, you know, when, when someone sends you an IM, you know, obviously you're at your desk and stuff like that, but you may not necessarily be able to respond by the way. So uh, right away. So I've kind of gotten into a habit of saying, Hey, like I got your message. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just busy doing something. I'll get back to you in like 20 minutes. Right. So that, I mean, it's called instant messaging for a reason. There's a, there's a sort of, you know, unwritten expectation that it's going to be instant. And especially when, you know, the little indicator thing shows that you're either online or, um, you know, not online, but busy. Right. Um, whereas in the office, like people would be able to see me kind of walking back and forth. So you kind of go, it's like, okay, he's busy. He'll get back to me. Um, you know, I'm kind of finding that there's this unwritten expectation right now is that, well, you're at your desk. So like, you know, you're going to respond. So I've upped my queuing a lot to say, yep, I got it. Um, I'll get back to you. Um, and then similarly, if I need to walk away, um, you know, whereas let's say for, I would have gone away from lunch or, or whatever, and then come back again, same thing, just a quick notice, like, Hey, I, stepping away from my computer for like five minutes or half an hour, I'll be back. And I found that it really reduces people's anxiety because like, where could he possibly be? Um, you know, but I too have done Dan, what, what you've done and kind of made that flexible schedule. I kind of found that in order to really support that flexibility, I have to make sure that people know. So, you know, I've kind of just been, been doing a lot more of that. Yeah. I always think of it as like, when, when you feel that something is uncomfortable, like there's always a big issue with people are like remote work from home. Well, everybody's, you know, not doing work. Everybody's, you know, watching TV or <laughs> you know, whatever else they want to do at home. It, it's about that trust. And, and if there's something in you, whether as a team member, as a manager, as a, you know, a team lead, what, whatever, if there's something that feels uncomfortable to you, you got to talk to them about it now. Like, yeah, you can't just ignore it and just because otherwise it's going to build up in the background. Oh, I think he's not doing his work. Oh, no, no, no. you know what? Say you got to talk to them about it. You got to you have that conversation and build trust with people. Right. And like you said, if you identify norms, great thing to talk to your team about. Hey, guys, you know, we want to be able to take off and, you know, earlier or later for lunch to be able to run errands or take care of our parents or take care of our kids what can we agree on? Does everybody have similar needs? And what do we agree on? Okay, for the two hours over lunch, it's a, an interrupted zone or Friday afternoons or a no meeting zone, something like that. You know, you got, just talk about it and agree on it. And I know that that sounds easy, but it's not easy, but you gotta do it because otherwise it just builds and builds and builds, right? Agreed. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, we, we can talk about this stuff forever because there's no shortage of stuff to do. And, and actually, by the way, for, for you guys watching or listening, if this is something that is of interest to you and you want more of this, then let us know. I mean, again, between the four of us, there's no shortage of things that we can share and there's no shortage of um, you know, things that we can bring from some of the experiences that, that we're going through right now. Um, but we don't want to throw all of them at you all at once. So having said that, uh, let's just kind of wrap it up for this particular episode. What do you think, um, you know, just gonna, let's go around the table again. Just one thing, like we threw a ton of stuff um, at people. What, what's the one thing, your top thing that you'd want uh, someone listening or watching to walk away with from uh, this episode? Ryan, can I steal your, your point about people over tools and technology? I think, yeah. you know, the realization is that we, we need technologies and tools to work really well, but it can't distract us from 
you know, the point, which is, you know, people and working with people. Um, so using and leveraging tools and technologies, but always about individuals and interactions and people first. Um, uh, and then I'm going to, I'm going to continue that thought. So look for ways to, um, put your finger on the pulse of your team to make sure they're happy. If they're not happy, look for creative ways to sort of raise that happiness indicator. I'm going to build on that theme. I really love that theme. For me, it's about empathy and patience, not only for other people, but for yourself. Like these are tough times. We're pretending like uh, you're kind of pretending like nothing's happening at work because you're trying to, you know, it's, oh, I got to get this to do, this to do, this to do. And I got, oh yeah. And there's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's got different home situations. Everybody's got uh, different things going on. Just be really patient with people. Be patient with yourself. Be empathetic and support people however you can. Amazing. Such wise words. Thank you guys so much for spending the time with us here. Uh, hopefully you guys listening or watching, um, you know, are able to take one or two things away from the conversation. The four of us would love to hear from you as to what is working, what's not working. Share stories, share anything that's going on for you. We'd love to hear it. Uh, and in the meantime, until the next episode, uh, we'll say thanks again for you guys joining me here today. And thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by ObjectSharp. Whether migrating workloads to Azure or building net new cloud native solutions, leveraging the power of PaaS and serverless, or implementing DevOps and agile practices within teams or across the entire organization, ObjectSharp has been helping companies with their digital transformations for over 20 years. Learn more at objectsharp.com or connect on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. <laughs>